So a lot of you listeners often ask what my background is, and if you tune in frequently to the podcast, I do talk about it. For those that don't know, I run a marketing company called Bash Solutions, which specializes in custom websites, content creation, and consulting based up here in cold and snowy Rochester, New York. With clients in the wrestling world alone, ranging from Cal Sanderson and Jordan Burroughs to the Nittany Line Wrestling Club and Helen Maroulis, we've been busy over the past decade proving why we're the best and earning trust all throughout the U.S., And we're not limited to wrestling by any means. We help businesses of all shapes and sizes from barbecue and butcher shops in Arizona like Snowflake Smokehouse to the largest Chevy dealership in the world right here in Rochester, New York, Bob Johnson, and everyone in between. Whether it's building a new custom website or implementing new digital strategies to streamline your business, Bash Solutions is trusted by businesses and brands across the country for a reason. You can learn more about Bash Solutions by visiting BashSolutions.com or head over to Facebook or Instagram search bash solutions to see what we're up to and here we go episode 80 of the bash mania podcast and today my buddy jordan burrows is back on the show over the weekend jordan tweeted out asking who everybody thought was the most marketable college wrestler and i end up doing a deep dive sunday morning thinking about engagement and who it could potentially be so i told jordan right away Let's hop on the podcast this week and talk about it. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen. Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, be sure to subscribe to Bashamania. And if you enjoy this episode, be sure to leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It's Bashamania! Let me tell you something, brother. He gave us everything he had in him tonight. What you gonna do when Bashamania runs wild? Oh, it's gonna be a good one. And business just picked up here on the podcast. Oh, yeah. All right. And after that long off the air prelude, (laughs) (laughs) we're rolling. And, you know, I guess we'll start with. We were just talking about Philly. And before we talk marketing, which is primarily the focus, you did recently announce that you're going to head over to the RTC in Pennsylvania. What led to that? Yeah, you know, it was the quarantine, really. I wanted to make a decision on where my career was going to progress as this year began. But I thought it would be more imperative for me to stay focused on the task at hand, which was making another Olympic team as opposed to getting too far ahead and what my decision would be. So going into the Pan Am Championships in March, I'm like, okay, we got this tournament to prepare for the trials, the trials in a few weeks, make the team, win another gold, reevaluate afterwards. Yeah. But with everything canceled or postponed, we really started to just settle into this place where we were thinking more about the future with all this excess time on our hands. Yeah. Lauren and I were kind of thinking, okay, what do we want to do? What do we desire? How do we want our lives to be? Every cycle we reevaluate. We did the same thing in 2016, and then we were going to do it again here in 2020, but we got to do it a little sooner with the quarantine. So after wrestling the Pan Am Championships, I felt good. Like I was strong. My weight cut was good. I was focused. I felt the desire to still compete and still train and learn. And knowing that the Olympics were only a couple months away, I'm like, man, I really couldn't see myself stepping away from the sport entirely yeah. at this point. 
I, I would feel like I had more to give and that I still had a desire to give that, that level of effort. I think that the mind fatigues way before the body. So I've always felt that I've had to work harder to keep my mental sharpness more than I had to keep my body from breaking down. Yeah. Like I still feel physically fine. Um, I got some little aches and pains, but that's just part of being in a sport for such a long period of time. So I didn't see myself stepping away. So we wanted to make a, a decision to continue to wrestle, but in a place where we could really have a multifaceted lifestyle. Yep. So we're like, if we're going to do this and you are going to dedicate more time to training for another cycle, then we're going to have to be in a place where everyone's happy and we're not just focused mm -hmm. fully on, you know, the training environment. And luckily for us, Penn has a great training environment now. Yep. So four years ago, it didn't make sense. Now, you know, with the depth that they have, McFadden and McKenna and Mark Hall and Honus, Lezak, all these guys, Slay coaching them. It's a great place. Um, I grew up 20 miles from Philly. I love the city of Philadelphia. It's a second home to me. And I want to continue to wrestle, but I want to just be at the crib. I want to start to prepare for my transition out of wrestling. So I'm not just standing there with my hands out like, okay, guys, what do I do now? Focus so yeah. long on wrestling. I have no other ideas what my other passions are. So I think uh, it'll help me kind of prep myself for pursuits outside of wrestling, or at least outside from, of competing once it, that time is here. And I feel like for you, I know you like being a part of building stuff. And you talk about the depth at the Penn RTC. A lot of that is recently. All of a sudden, there's this explosion yeah. where Slay is really bringing in the top guys. And I feel like it's a cool thing for you to be a part of building that. Like, they had a lot of firepower and bring guys like McKenna and Mark Hall. Then you announce you're coming. It's like, wow. They could be one of the top RTCs like that. Did that factor in, like, thinking about being able to help build something? Because I know you always talk about legacy and creating yeah. something where you want to change, you want to do more. Did that help it, too, the decision? For sure. It was – the decision was still a, t a difficult one, but I, I felt convicted by my decision. I felt yeah. at peace with the decision because the hardest part was just conveying that to – the coaching staff here to Mark yeah. Manning and Brian Snyder saying, Hey, listen, I love you guys. And I'm so thankful for our relationship. I do plan to continue to wrestle, but it just won't be here at Nebraska. Um, yeah. And so they were much more gracious in that process than I may have expected, but the plan was always for me to leave. Yeah. Um, they knew that I wasn't tied here for life. They just didn't realize that I would decide to continue to wrestle for a little while longer. Um, and so it, it, it works out, man. I think that Penn's built something great there and along alongside Drexel and just the ecosystem in the tri-state area, the wrestling is so strong. Yeah. And it gives me the ability to compete in front of my family and the people that have grown to know me and really watch me grow. I get to start back in the place or go back to the place where yeah, it all started cool. for me. So that's a beautiful thing because like, I've always been a representative of Nebraska for all this time and an adopted son of the, the state of Nebraska, but it's still not really home. Jersey You've been there like a be. third of your life. You've been yeah, there what, yeah. like 12 years? You're 32? 15, like, bro. This is my 15th year here in 15? Nebraska. 15? 15. Golly. I've been here almost longer than I was in Jersey. I left Jersey at 18 <laughs> and I've been here for 15. So like, this is, this is a big part of my life, bro. I've only ever lived in two places. So, you know, it's a, it's a unique time, but 
I'm at peace with the decision and I'm looking forward to the future. Yeah, I'm excited. Selfishly, you guys will be closer to us. <laughs> yeah, like, how, far, how far is what we like four hours? Four, yeah, about hours? four hours, four or five hours. It's not bad at all. Get some seafood. Come up to the new crib. Yeah. By the time when when's the crib finish? By January, February. Okay, so yeah, by the time we get there, it'll be ready. It'll be ready. It's funny. Jeremy Kelly commented on my Instagram yesterday saying you're building a you're building a fortress. I said, dude, if you venture too far down I ninety, I just want to make sure you have a place to stay. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it's a uh, having a, a new home, bro. It's it's a beautiful thing. I'm excited for you. That's it. It's exciting. A, it's exciting, man. I can't wait to be able to have a proper place to host people. We love hosting her family. We love hosting friends if we're able to, and they come into town. So to be able to have a house that can actually host people and let people stay in a guest bedroom and all that, it's exciting. I'm actually headed there after this. So yeah. the the reason we kind of started texting about doing this podcast is in typical Burroughs fashion, you tweet something and you start a conversation. You start an entire dialogue when you when you tweet stuff. It's awesome yeah. for the sport. But, you know, you tweeted out about wondering who the most marketable college wrestler is right now. And I kind of really dove into it because I saw it late at night. And I always tell myself, don't tweet late at night because I don't think like I do in the morning. And I said right away, Yanni, Gable, or um, RBY. RBY. Yeah. And I said that because those three guys seem like they care about marketing the most. Yeah. Spencer's kind of laid back. So then I started going through it and I'm like, well, Spencer has like yeah. the second or third biggest audience. Spencer has the biggest engagement. So it's such an interesting topic. Spencer does a good job, bro. Like he, he's low key. He's not yes. as like, um, He's not as dude. You know, his engagement rate is seventeen percent. It's stupid. He goes like he, he, if you if you follow him, like he likes a lot of stuff. He retweets a lot of stuff. Like yeah, he responds to to very often. So yeah, yeah, he's in. He's in what, there. What made you think about this on Saturday night? That's a that's a good question. So I was in California. Yeah. Um. So it wasn't late at night for me. Um. But I was just I'm thinking because at some point my dream has always been to start my own brand. Yeah, I've always wanted to start my own apparel brand, and I'm looking at we it. We won't mention it offline or on on the air, but there is that one website that we got to get live. To. That's like five <laughs> years old, but doesn't exist. <laughs> and so I'm thinking, okay, well, you know, who is the next guy that's really going to transcend the sport, and not a guy that's necessarily like marketable, like he can make money, but who is who's the guy, right? Who's going to be the next JB that comes out and kind of transcends the sport and does special stuff at an elite level from a competition standpoint, but also is someone that sponsors can pump money behind with confidence that they are, you know, able to really move the needle. And so, you know, I was kind of thinking about a couple of things that made someone marketable, right? Because there, there's so many things and I constantly think right. about it. Because I brought, so we went on a family vacation to San Diego and I brought my photographer from Lincoln, Nebraska with me, a guy named Levy Ventura, who shot my documentary, Gold Never Gets Old, last year. And so I'm always trying to find ways to create new content, yep. um, spice up my feed, because ultimately, the better you're following, the more opportunities you'll provide for yourself. 
Right. And so that's something that I've kind of dialed in on. So I started to think, okay, well, what does it even take to build your brand? Like, what's that look like? Particularly for me, like as I've been in it for a long time, you don't really see the significant bumps in terms of numbers unless you do something incredible. So like around competition time, world championships, Olympic games, if you do like a, a large marketing campaign for a company, or if you have a video that just so happens to go viral, which yeah. is very, very hard to do. Um, so I'm thinking about the next guy in line to kind of be one of those dudes. And it's hard to kind of pinpoint because I think we have a lot of guys that are high level guys, but as you know, winning's not enough. Like you can't just win and be a star. Like you've got to provide some sort of uh, unique approach to the sport. And that's why there's athletes out there that have won a ton that no one knows. And there's athletes out there that haven't won anything that everyone knows right. and make a ton of money. So it's a, it's a really interesting concept. So I was kind of like breaking down. I was like last night I was thinking after we had this conversation, like what criteria would make yeah. an athlete marketable? Um, and so I came up with five criteria. So number one is like charisma, yep. right? So basically it's like personality when they're being interviewed, how do they react? Um, you know, how, uh, eloquent are they in their interviews? How exciting are they to watch? How many people just want to hear them talk, speak, listen to them? Um, that's number one. Number two for me, and these are no particular order, um, is, social network consistency right so how how yeah. often are they responding and engaging with their fan base are they active on social are they posting do they respond um are they in the know and keeping people updated with what's going on in their life number three is style and so style is i kind of broke down into two things so it's wrestling style yeah. like how exciting are you to watch are you offensive are you a guy that's going to go after it let it fly do cool stuff and then personal style yeah. And so it's, I'm thinking of guys like Bryce Meredith and Bo Nickel with the cool hair, right? They got blonde hair and they got tattoos and, you know, people have earrings and it's just like, what kind of style do you bring to the mat? Um, you know, and now you look at guys like uh, Dodo, it's custom kicks and people are wearing customized shoes and, you know, these guys have a knee sleeve and like all types of things, but it's just bringing some sort of flavor and, and zest to the match. Um, four is, is winning ability. Yep. So you you got to win. And I mean, like you can be you can be a star, but at, at some point you're going to have to compete at the highest level. It's only so long that you can just kind of put yourself in this position of prominence by just uh, by just your approach to to um, social and being style. Um, stylish. And then lastly was uh, desire to be a star. Right? Yeah. I think that's that that's ultimately the X factor, because there are a lot of people who they may have style and they may you know, love to win, but they don't necessarily desire to be a star. They might be introverted or they might just be low key and don't really feel the need to put themselves out there essentially to do all these things. So I honestly, you know, for me, I'm just looking at who the next guy will be because I would like to be helpful in this process of trying to help groom them to see what it's like out there to, you know, start to garner this type of attention, put themselves in position and do the things that they want and ultimately be be a marketing machine so they can make a bunch of money, take care of their families and um, eventually, you know, do the same thing, inspire the next generation. 
and it seems like a, a, among the top guys in the sport, whether it's fun to watch, whether it's winning, you have guys like Gable and RBY and Spencer who, you know, if you look at a guy like Gable or Spencer, Spencer or Yanni, they've got a lot of world-level success already, mm-hmm. which helps build their following. And then you look at a guy like RBY who doesn't have nearly as much on the credential side, but he's pumping out content. He's putting himself in every card he can. He, he wants to put up points. He, he's yeah. When you're talking about style on and off the map, he's one guy I think about. Like, he's trying. He's, he's got that swag and charisma and personality. But like you said, you also have to go out and win World and Olympic medals because a guy like Spencer can follow the model that I think Snyder took, which was yeah. Snyder was hot. He, he was never too big into marketing. But he was right. really hot, won some World and Olympic gold medals, got his deal with Rudis, got his deal with others, and now he's just kind of coasting. And I think that's yeah, where yeah. he wants – coasting marketing-wise. That's where he wanted to be, yeah, yeah. And that's exactly what his aspiration was. And I can see a guy like Spencer Lee or a more – like it seems like a lot of the Iowa guys want that model. But it looks like a lot of guys – you know, a couple things too – Number one is I feel like a lot of wrestlers right now coming out of college and early into the senior level look at you and say, Jordan Burroughs set the bar. He's the standard. I want to, I want my social like Jordan. I want a lot of followers. I want a lot of engagement. I want the professionalism. But I think what some people fail to think about is you've been at this for nine years at least. Like one of the reasons you – kind of caught fire in 2012 aside from winning the olympics was you were tweeting out nonstop. you were brazen yeah, on yeah. social you said my next tweet will be from the top of the podium that's crazy. like your handle was all i see is gold you know and it's like i'm curious what advice would you have for people that want to be where you are now but mm. they're not you are where you are because of where your career is at right now as well. You weren't yeah. as protective with your feed. You weren't doing the things you're doing now, now that you are who you are. What advice would you have for somebody who's 10 years younger than you that's on the earlier side of the career saying, I want to be like Jordan, but I feel like there's a gap between where they are now and where you are now. Mm-hmm. And if you were doing what you're doing with your social right now, 10 years ago, I don't think you'd have nearly the same impact. Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Um, you know what? My piece of advice would be to be yourself, amplify what you project, but it's got to be, or, or at least from my estimation, like I always wanted to be authentic, right? There are yeah. certain people that it's a show, right? It's a yeah. show. So if you, if that's the, the, what you want to project, that's fine, right? Just make sure that, you don't lose the true essence of who you are in that projection. Um, I, I always wanted to be myself everywhere I was. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, I never wanted to have to be this social chameleon that changed the way that I address people based upon the situation or environment that I was in. I wanted to be transparent and authentic, but you know, different things for every, for different people. You know, I don't necessarily know if Conor McGregor is as, as brash and, you know, pretentious everywhere he's at, but, yeah. When he, when the cameras are on, like he's putting on a show and that's why he gained, he, I mean, I've never seen an ascension right as quickly as I've 
seeing Connor do it. And, you know, yep. he talked himself into a fight with the greatest boxer of all time. <laughs> no. Like, just talked him. And he was a champion, too, right? So it's not like he was just some random yeah. guy on the street. But I think that you have to – you can do things like that, but I, I prefer to do it with taste. Yep. It's just who I am. But I also am excited for the individual that is going to try to continue to increase their following with different methods. So right now, like I pulled up um, RBY's IG and said, right, you're right, bro. Like he's making content, which in college, no one really does. Right. right. They just snap a couple of <laughs> low res photos, and slap <laughs> right. them up on their page. You know, I think those are some of the things that you have to do. So if I could give my younger self a piece of advice, I thought I did a fairly good job, but one is consistency. Yeah. Um, you have to be consistent. You can't post and even in this process now, that's why I like bringing a photographer. I'm like, okay, I have this lengthy catalog now of photos that I can release over the next several weeks as I start to, you know, continue to build this sort of content. So I don't necessarily have to go three, four days in a row and then a month long break. So I think consistency, I think engagement, responding to your fans like people want to be talked with and not necessarily talked yep. at 100%. so responding to comments saying thank you saying what's up saying hello to a few people um retweeting cool tweets that you see from friends that may uh be encouragement to you or empowerment to you um and just you know making people know that you see them like they are visible and uh they're appreciated i would say um you know, if you feel like stylistically you are cool, then I'd say that pop culture is a very important part of what we do. So if we're really going to transcend, you have to continue to pump things in which you feel like you're good at because people want to know who you are and how they can connect with you. Yeah. But then also on the opposite side is they want to know that you're such an amazing athlete that you are capable of doing things that they can't do. And that you're a hero because that that's when they like stand like mystified and like all oh, like, man, look at what, you know, RBY is able to do. Look at what, how many pull-ups Nick Siriano can do. Look how, yeah. you know, flexible Spencer Lee is, whatever the case is. But I think that kind of dwelling on all of those things and it's a, uh, it's unique, man. I'm trying to figure out which I think Nick Siriano might have like the most followers of any wrestler. Gable does. Fans. Does Gable? Gable's got 137,000, I think. Wow, that's right. Yeah, Nick Seriano has 109. And Nick Seriano hasn't posted since. He's got five posts in the last 14 months. Yeah, bro. One of them was with me, and it was like in March. Yeah. Or it was in February. His second post was in February. And he's got 109,000. Like, could you imagine if he was consistent? Right. Um, right. With his posts, like how how much he, how much more he would have. I don't know, bro. It's It's – it's it's interesting. Yeah, Gable's got 137. Gable's larger than life, though, bro. He's a heavyweight. Yeah. You know, he posts himself with Brock Lesnar. He's obviously an amazing wrestler. Uh, and he's and young. That's, like, the wild thing. It's like, imagine if he goes off and has more success in the world level and can emulate somewhat of a trail like you've had. He, yeah. his, his opportunities and options are, are going to be huge. And, you know, I love what you said about being authentic and being you because it does look different for everybody. Like, yeah. Spencer Lee retweets a lot of Iowa stuff, and that's very authentic. He's 100% Iowa. 
and he retweets a lot of Iowa content. He's authentically him. He's not yeah. trying to retweet stuff that's just going to appease someone. He's retweeting mm-hmm. stuff that's exciting to him, and it looks different for everybody. Everybody has to be authentic to them. And I think, you know, the Penn State guys, I think, are going to, after watching David Taylor create a lot of content heading into the World Championships and winning, I think a lot of those guys are going to look up to him and say, hey, it's possible to create a lot of content and also win and not get distracted. It takes a lot of work, but it's possible. Yeah, that's what and, – and that's what it does, man. I was talking to Lauren about it yesterday, and she was like, you have to – there were a lot of things that I did that I didn't want to do. Like, let's put it that way. And with not social? With social, right? So, and, and, and just like being an ambassador, being a face of USA Wrestling, like sometimes you have to just dive in. Like I'd rather try something and be awful at it yeah. than say no. Like if it's going to get me visibility and it's going to put me in a position where people that don't know who I am start to recognize me, that's huge, bro. So like there have been, places where I've been a keynote speaker or hosted an award show or, you know, did an autograph signing or did an interview or, you know, did some sort of event that I either a didn't want to do, wasn't prepared for or, or competent at, or, you know, just was more of an annoyance than anything. But I took it on because I was like, this is a great opportunity for me. Yeah. Like, and there are going to be a lot of times where if you really want to grow your brand, you're going to have to do stuff that, is annoying and that's inconvenient and that are uncomfortable but ultimately with the the goal in mind of i'm going to grow my brand i'm going to continue to market myself and i think right now my space is all about trying to you know tap into demographics of people that don't really know who i am right so it's like okay if i got an interview request with men's health although you know i'm considered an athlete um, a lot of people in this space, whether it's CrossFit or just health and nutrition, don't necessarily know who I am, right. you know? And so I need to do this. Like, this is a necessity. Yeah. You can't just be like, nah, I'm good. I don't want to do that. I think that uh, that's what a lot of these guys will figure out. And now they can't really market themselves and make money, but at some point they will be able to. And there's a lot of times where I get paid a ton of money to do something. And there's times where I do a ton of work for $0. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's one of those things like you, you got to commit, like, if you're going to go to this lifestyle, like it's, it's more than just posting cool pictures and getting people to follow you. Like you got to do some, some grimy stuff to get in there too. And I can't remember if Lauren was telling me when she was on the podcast or if it was offline, but it, it takes constant, like you guys have that inner circle where I know you go to her and say, Hey, like I wrote this out. What do you think of it? Or it's, you know, I know she told me a story where I think there was a piece of fitness equipment that she wanted that you guys could have got for free if you posted about it. And you're like, no, I don't think I want to, you know, and like it's it's a constant discernment of is this worth it? Is this not? I need to do this. I don't have to do this. It's a constant evaluation. And I'm sure you don't just look at others and say, well, you know, Kyle Snyder did this or Kyle Snyder didn't do that. Like you're in a unique place because you're the bar right now. Sure. Nobody in wrestling has accomplished more than you from a social and brand standpoint. Do you ever feel that pressure? Like what I do, others are going to emulate because I'm the guy with the most followers. I'm the guy with the most deals. Yeah. You know, um, I try to be an inspiration for those guys. 
I think that that has always been my goal. I wanted to set the bar and then I wanted to elevate the bar because even now I'm still trying to figure out ways in which to continue to elevate the things that I do and my ability to do it at a high level. Um, I think now I've gotten to a place where I am able to choose what I want to do, yep. right? So it's, it's, it's less so, okay, here's a hundred grand to represent our brand. And I'm like, all right, where do I sign? Yep. More so now it's like, okay, well, does this align with who I am? Does this, does this con- have continuity with the way that I've portrayed myself over the last decade? Does this make sense? Do I want to do this? Do I even appreciate or enjoy this product? Like, does this make sense for me? And I think when you're young, a lot of times you're like, you'll do whatever for a check. Yeah. You know I mean, it's like, okay, if I'm getting money, I'm going to do it. I'll sign with this company. I'll promote this product. I'll go do this wrestling camp with people I don't love. Like, like you'll do anything for bread. But I think that now you, when you put yourself in a position to say no, which it, it's taken a long time, it's a, it's a beautiful thing, bro. Um, just to have the, um, the ability to have that discernment. But I think that, yeah, man, it's a, the process is, it's much different now for me, but it's, it's a long, long, tedious process of becoming this individual. Um, and, and there's some people who, who get opportunities fresh out. Like, remember that year when, you know, uh, it was David Taylor and Jordan Oliver. Remember when they got the, like those Adidas, yeah. like J or J.O. had like the red combat speeds with his initials on them. And then, David had the yellow ringer combat speed colorway and those guys were extremely marketable and they hadn't really won yet, or at least not internationally. Yeah. And it, it took David, you know, multiple years, J.O. still trying to get there. Yeah. Um, but those guys were marketing machines right away. And they were people that were popular and they were so different. Right. Yeah. J.O. is, you know, tatted up, he, you know, he's from Easton PA. He is a very interesting cat. Um, and then you got David, who is a very clean cut, you know, kind of like all American, uh, yep. you know, and that's kind of what he pushes and that's what people cling to. So it's just, it's just really interesting how this thing works. But yeah, I, I try to be that guy. Um, ideally, if I can, you know, I, I hope that I'm the first that can introduce kind of ways in which we can do things differently. Um, I always try to be that guy, but you know, some people have things that I don't have, like, uh, you know, Snyder, for example, his angle has always been he's wants to be really strong, lifts a ton of weight, right? And so that's why he was able to get something from Rogue. You know, that that's a space that I've never really tapped into because I don't lift the way he lifts. I don't project, you know, my my strength and power the way he does. And that's why he was able to get something like that. So I think you have to you have to cling to what you love and what you like to do. And then you go after those things. So when I got, I got a new agent in 2018. And the first thing he asked me was, what do you like? He was like, just go around your house and just look at all the products that you use. Go in your pantry, look at what you eat, look in your fridge, look at what you guys are drinking, go up to your closet, look at the clothes and the shoes in there, which is obviously ASICs. But, you know, what kind of car do you drive? What kind of tires are on your car? I mean, like what type of lotion do you use? Deodorant, like cologne, like all these things. And you just make this list. And then basically they create a pitch deck and they go after all things that you essentially would buy on your own. So it's like, okay, you already buy these things. So would you use them if they were free or would you use them if someone paid you for them? 
And they're like, absolutely. So I think you kind of, you have to angle it with stuff that you actually want and that makes it more authentic and it's a much easier process. Yeah, totally. And I think speaking to the effect of, you know, basically using product, like I tell a lot of people that where I've got a nice brand partnership with Traeger, where I've been able to get a bunch of guys. Traeger's big, bro. I see Traeger like everywhere. Yeah, they're exploding. I never noticed it until you started using it, but I see, (laughs) I see meat. I see meat on my feed every single day. Yeah, that's by design. (laughs) And, And I'll tell you, like, it's extremely easy and Traeger is a great brand partner. And what they love is when they see someone grilling, right? Every day, yeah. constantly, you look at a Bo Nickel who loves meat, loves cooking, and he's, and he's showing it. That's a no brainer for a company like Traeger. Like, look at, you're already grilling. Just we grill on our grills. And yeah. a lot of people are like, I want this deal. I want that deal. You got to show yourself first and kind of prove yourself. Mm-hmm. You're not in, in today's day and age. There's a lot of people who can grow a big following and can have great engagement and be at a different competition level, but still make themselves extremely valuable and extremely marketable. Lolo Jones has done a great job of that over the years. She's gotten deals with companies like Red Bull and she's nowhere near as accomplished as she wants to be on a world Mm -hmm. and Olympic level. But the amount of deals she's got from being authentic, you know, the same things you've said, it's, it's wild. And I think, do you think if there's people who, if there's younger wrestlers looking at where you are now emulating you, would you tell them to emulate you now or emulate you when you were in the place where their career is at now? Like you have a lot of kids where this name image and likeness thing bill goes into effect next year. You're going to have a lot of college kids looking for a paycheck and all of a sudden, they got to become a lot professional, a lot more professional, a lot quicker than most college athletes over the last 10, 20 years. Yeah, definitely now. Because you're right, bro. You're going to have to start to learn how to engage with companies um, and whatever that looks like for you. Yeah. Right? Whether I don't necessarily know if they have the ability. The scary thing here is you can't really get representation. So... There, I feel like there are going to be a lot of kids that are going to get exploited because Without they a doubt. have followings, but they don't really know how to read a contract or they don't know what their personal worth may be. So they're going to be taking anything that they get offered just for in kind, right? Just for right. free product. But I think that you're, I, I really agree with you in the point that you have to prove to brands that you are a good partner. Yeah. And a lot of people that I've, dealt with um at least um from corporations and and sponsors um it has been from they've looked at my page they go way back right and they look at what deals you've done with brands how and what the engagement was and then they'll start to even collect insights like before they even offer you a deal they're like okay we need to see what your reach was for this photo how many likes it had how many follows you got because of it you know, yeah. how many website clicks you got because of it? Because we're not gonna, just going to give you $10,000 to post and then get three people to buy something. We need to know that your followers are actually engaged. And then I think that being a good brand partner starts way beyond you actually strike a deal. Sometimes you just take a product that you really like yeah. and you just promote it. Like I've gotten free stuff for the family just because like I'll be and take a picture with Rise or like or Beacon and I'll tag whatever company's baby clothes he has yeah. on i'll tag a baby carrier i'll tag a stroller 
I'll tag, you know what I mean? Like whatever, a freaking binky. And then they'll see it. And I was like, seriously, bro. Yeah, I believe seriously. it. And they'll see it and they'll be like, oh, this is awesome. But we'd love to send you more of our stuff. And it's yeah. just like, it's that simple. Like you, you can't always wait to get paid before you start to tag a company and promote their product. Like you're buying it, bro. So like right. you're already promoting it. So, you know, essentially if you can do something with a brand um, in terms of like, already promoting it for free like this is just what i like to drink i drink red bull when i'm kicking it with my friends and tag red bull like it's red bulls are a, a very large company so they yeah. might not see it but you never know bro like you never know what's out there you might get free product and then eventually they'll see the response that you get and then they'll start to think about striking a deal to establish a real relationship yeah and i think you've done a great job of that because people do look at your feed and they see authenticity. And it's not to say it's not a straight ad sometimes. You've just been very good at telling the brand, I wanna do this so it's authentic. If I'm doing a Calvin yeah, yeah. Klein Eternity Cologne ad, I want it to be something in line with what I would normally right. post with my family. I think I know, a, lot right. of, a lot of people, especially in the wrestling world, are afraid that it's gonna look like, you see some of these sponsored posts that are just so bad and they don't, I don't think a lot of people understand you have the ability to control that you have the ability to maybe not early on. You're not yeah. Jordan Burroughs in 2020 with your demands, but even early on, you don't have to say yes to a company that you don't want to do it. If you don't want to post about a mattress, don't take their offer. If you're yeah. young and you can get that opportunity, I always tell people, Imagine. especially <laughs> yo you mad i'm getting so many offers for free mattresses bro i get i'm, I'm literally giving away matches like yo what you need a bed bro <laughs> but it's like if you're young and you haven't done that many deals i always tell people take it because you can if 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 it's not too staged use that as your platform to prove to other brands hey casper sent this dude a mattress and look at how great that post was use it to show yourself as an opportunity you're not gonna get your you how many brand deals did you have before you got like the the good core deals you have now it's like it's a different world you can't look at the end process of where you are now you definitely have right. to look at that progression i mean in my head i'm thinking of different deals you've done over the years and different promotions and it's like I know some of them and I'd be like, heck no, I ain't doing that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. There are a bunch that I would be like, no way. Like, no way that I would do those things now. And, you know, at the time, either they were financially incentivized or maybe they did make sense at the time. But, you know, I think now I'm just kind of like, eh, I'm very reluctant to, to do things, especially because I know I don't have a ton of time left. Right at that point, you're just like, whatever's going to get me seen and get me money, I'm in. Um, but yeah, now I'm a little more selective. What do you think you've learned from all the social success you've had? From a marketing and branding standpoint, you know, you are that standard. What do you think you've learned throughout that process of achieving that? Yeah, I think uh, it's a job, bro. I think more people have to start treating it like it's uh, the, your brand is a part of what you do. Um, it's going to help you elevate yourself and ultimately everyone wants to make money. Everyone desires to make money. So yeah. even if you don't want to be a star, I know you want to be financially successful. Yeah. Um, that's a given. And so you have to start to incorporate what your craft is, which most for all of us are wrestlers, but you've got to start to, you know, 
com combine that with your ability to market and brand yourself because even for me like for example all my sponsors for the olympic games happen before the olympics right we're done doing this a year in advance so ralph lauren and comcast and um you know and bridgestone like all these things these are done in advance like they don't wait until you win a gold and then all of a sudden pick you up like, right when i won the gold in london i stepped off the podium i had no sponsors bro i just had asics and cage fighter at the time so like i and i didn't get a ton it wasn't until the next olympic games in 2016 right after winning multiple world championships in between that i had the ability to then go ahead and get some of these you know large corporate sponsors but it took some time so i think um you have to provide a sense of you've got to provide something that sponsors find appealing um, because they want to see how many followers do you have. They want to see what your engagement rate is like. They want to know how willing you are because when you get to this level, they pretty much curate your content for you. Yeah. Like now I'm like, you know, like when I did that deal with Calvin Klein, they're like, okay, we need you to post on June 15th. It's got to have this caption. It's got to be this photo with this product. And it, it gets really intense. So I think that right now you have the ability to kind of have freedom in what you post. And there are a lot of guys who have done a great job, but I think uh, you have to try to enjoy it, man. Like try to, try to enjoy the process. One of the harder things for me is I'm not really like a picture guy. So I don't stop to take pictures. That's why it's more beneficial yeah. for me to bring a photographer with me, pay the extra money, but also still be able to enjoy the moment. Um, right. Cause he makes my life look a lot cooler than it actually is. Right? You can't see beacon and aura crying in the background. <laughs> you can't see, you know what I mean? How many waves that I fell off of or whatever the case may be. But I think that it, uh, I like to enjoy the moment. So I'm not going to stop it to capture the moment. I'd rather live it yeah. and enjoy it myself. So, you know, it really is all about personal preference, but I think brand is important. Marketing is important. And, uh, you have to realize that it's going to be influential, especially if you want to do this for a career, you have to have a following. Um, yeah, it's important. Last thing here, then I'll let you go. I know that a lot of people probably listening, whether it's a parent, whether it's a wrestler, whoever it is, a coach, I would say their biggest concern or one of the biggest pushback that I hear is it's a distraction. Right. And we talked about this last year when he came on the podcast, not getting distracted by it. But we'll close with that idea that there's a lot of people, I think, who are afraid to elevate their brand because of how much work it takes to put into social media. You do have to get good content. You do have to write good captions, good photos. If you're a guy like RBY, he's having people help him make videos and, and do stuff. How have you been able to not get distracted by it and what advice would you have for people so that they are encouraged to work on building their brand while not getting distracted yeah I mean, from the goal of winning you know world olympic medals yeah yeah i mean i, I feel that i think you know coaches got to realize this is a different era bro it's just it's just different like you can't live in this prehistoric thought process where our approach is primitive like we are already behind the eight ball so everyone wants yeah. wrestling to be this popular mainstream sport but no one wants to do the work to get to it so like we can't be popular unless first our our individuals our athletes are popular 
And so they have to, we have to have a few people that we pluck from the pool that are talented, that are charismatic, that are personable, that are stylish and that are willing to go out there and kind of be the front runners for this. Cause I, I mean, I had to put my nose to the grindstone and just do a lot of stuff to kind of get here where I am today. And so I think that it's necessary as a distraction. I think it can be, but it's not because anyone's promoting their brand. Like the distractions are, you know, the girls and, you know, the just unnecessary stuff. Like people were watching, you know, fights and stupid stuff, right? Stuff that is, is wasting time. But I think that there are very few people that I've seen that have wasted their time on social because people, social is a job for people. Like we've met people that all they do is inf- they're influencers. Yeah. And so, you know, they have the ability to do that. And I don't know, I've never seen it as a distraction. Social media never deterred me from competing at my best or being at my best um, in preparation for an event. So, you know, to each his own, I think there are certain levels of guidance that you can implement to make sure you're on point with it. But I think in terms of just being on social, it's, well, there's a big Guys difference be between creating content and consuming content. Right. And right, a lot of good. people merge that. You, If you're creating, putting out content, that doesn't mean you have to sit there and scroll through and see what people are talking yeah, about yeah. you, read every ranking, read every news article. That's my advice is yeah. there's a big difference between creating content and engaging with your audience and consuming it. You don't have to yeah. go on Twitter and see what both political parties are saying about the election. Yeah. And a lot of people, I feel like, group consuming content and creating content yeah that's real that's real i think that is kind of the prep the premise of why a lot of coaches are afraid is because their guys are just on there on reading everything you're reading bro for me i had to i had to eliminate some of that stuff because it can become i don't necessarily know if it becomes a distraction but it can it, it bothers you right it nags at you it eats at you for a little bit so i think you have to, as you stated, there can, there almost have to be the switch that you flip where it's, okay, I am going to be someone that inspires others and draws inspiration from others. Yeah. But I'm not necessarily just going to consume stuff for the sense of consuming. Like, I think it's like this brain drain where you're just like, right. in this veg state where you're just like, man, I'm just going to scroll, see what's happening but not really adding anything to right. it. But I think as I'm, I mentioned in one of my posts a long time ago, but it's like the best way to have a great feed is to live a life worth telling people about. So yeah. when you're doing exciting stuff, you're winning, you're competing at a high level, you're training hard, you're uh, experiencing cool things outside of the wrestling room that is worth capturing and worth sharing. And that's when people will be drawn to you anyway. So if you, I mean, if you're just consuming this stuff, chances are you're not doing anything anyway. You don't have a great feed. So yeah, you got to be telling a story. And when you do that, like for me, I posted the picture. I don't know if you saw it, of all the dirt around our house. And it's yeah, like yeah, the yeah. engagement was off the, off the charts because it's authentic. Everybody's like, oh, that's kind of cool. And this and that. And, and it's part of a story I'm telling about right. going through this process. That does nothing to do with me consuming content. That's a different yeah. animal. But I feel like yeah. if you're looking at social media from a narrow mindset, you're going to, you're going to, can, you're going to group in reading rankings and articles and this person's opinion, that yep. person's opinion with you creating content. Yeah, bro. That's uh, that's real. That's real. That's good. I don't know, man. I'm So I think who is, if you had to pick one, you still didn't answer the question. You sent me three. You have to pick one. 
Well, I changed my mind and I added Spencer. So I'm, I'm in board with all four. I think that it depends when that period in time comes. Let's say it's two years from now. For all four of those guys, RBY, Yanni, Gable, and Spencer, the next two years stay a lot. Are one of those four going to win an Olympic gold? You know what I mean? Oh. Like, do one of them go above and beyond? I think right now it'd be very tough to say. If I had to make a decision right now, if I'm launching a company tomorrow and one of those four guys, those are my options, I'm probably going to look at what the product is and see who can relate to it the most. Okay. I got Who's you. the most authentic guy that would relate to this product the most? I think yep. it's a great thing that if those are the four top cats and in, in, from a marketability standpoint, that's a great option pool. What's your product now? What's your business? Now take those four. All four are great candidates. I think that's what would be my final. If you said, here's the product, I'd be able to tell you. It's hard not knowing a product. I think they all bring something totally different and authentic to the table. That's why I was going to ask you who you thought, but I didn't know if your answer is the same. Like It depends on if you have a specific company or something in mind. I think that's the answer. All right, so let's say you're going to do Basha Mania co-host out of those four guys. Spencer doesn't like to talk too much. Um, it depends on even – I would probably end up going with Yanni or RBY because yeah. when they've come on my podcast – all four of them have been on the podcast. Okay. When Yanni and RBY have come on, they've prolonged the conversation more. Gable and Spencer are very reactive. You ask them a question, they'll answer. Both yeah. RBY and Yanni, they'll kind of engage in the conversation. You know what I mean? Like, that's how granular yeah. it gets for me. Like, if they're going to be a podcast co-host, Yanni's a brain of wrestling knowledge. That kid no, can tell on. you a Russian's middle name's mother, like anything. <laughs> so, like, for a co-host, yeah. I'd either want him or RBY because of that personality trait. Yeah, yeah. That's good, man. Yeah, it's 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 hard, bro, because I see I see it um, from multiple perspectives. Number one, I want the guy that's gonna win. Yeah, that's what I want. I I'm all about, you know, styles great. You know, the ability to speak well is great. How you look and coolness and all that stuff. But I'm all about the winner, and it's hard here because there's not a clear cut winner. I think. Obviously, the two that I see being the most successful on an international stage are Yanni and Spencer, yeah. because of, they've both been, you know, world champs, and so has Gable. Um, you know, but I, I just think I don't know if Gable desires to prolong his wrestling career because I, he yeah. just kind of looks like a guy that may venture out and do something to gain no, more notoriety. Um, I think RB, RBY is an incredible athlete, but he still hasn't. He hasn't won yet. Yep. I'm just be. I'm be honest. Yeah. He hasn't won yet, um, and so I think for him, or at least from what I've seen, because he's lost to guys um, like Nick Seriano, I think is is marketable as well. Yeah, he's one of those guys that I think can be extremely marketable. But you know, I think RBY kind of has to get himself atop the podium first before sure. he can become a guy. Because at this point, it's hard to even say will he ever be able to transcend and become this superior athlete? I think I know what he brings to the table. He's exciting to watch, but when, you know, can he be an Olympic champion? Can he be in a world, a world champion? That's 
ultimately going to be the question. Um, but I, but I, that's I, the I, thing too, like with Gable, if Gable goes off and does something else, he's a guy I want my brand around because if he goes to the NFL, if he goes to the WWE and you can get yeah. him now, he's a guy you want to partner with. You know, it's why it's so interesting based on what the product and business is. If the marketability is tied to the winning, I think Spencer or Yanni is, is the obvious number one. Yeah, yeah. They're the you know, they've right. already had so much success. They are young. And, yep. But so do you have yeah. a clear cut number one of those four? It's hard to say, man. Let's say I we were know. starting the company we built the website for. We don't say what it is. But let's say you launch that tomorrow and one of those four, could you pick one? Yeah, I would I would take Yanni. Yeah. Because I don't I don't know Spencer well. I think I respect and appreciate Spencer. I would love watching him compete. Um, the same with all of those guys, but I think that I like Yanni because he is a very kind individual. Yeah. And he can wrestle really well and he loves to wrestle knows a lot about the sport and so i feel like you can market him by coming up with your own marketing plan for him you know yeah. what i mean so he might not necessarily do it but i think if you have the right team of people around him yeah. you can really help to elevate him and, and make him into a star um there yeah, are a lot of soft-spoken quiet popular athletes out there so i think for him I think he would need a team because for a lot of people, it just doesn't come as natural um, or they don't really desire to post and boast about themselves. So you yeah. would have to do it for them. So it's like, okay, well, let me create this plan that's generalized around you here. Let me tell you why you're special. Let me tell how people, how good you are, where you're from, what you represent. He's got a great family. Um, and so like, that's kind of why, like I'm attracted to him, but I think, Spend, I, I mean, they're all marketable, bro. I would have, right. I would love to, I would love to have any of them. To be honest, yeah, I think you could market all of them really well. Um, it'd be a lot of fun. I'd like to just try to create a create a plan for each of them because I think they all have pretty unique angles that are different from each other. We need to partner up. Website, social. You've been there. We, we, we <laughs> I know, right? We need we to be like a nice consult, plan. I'm a consulting firm, right? Like, right. Come see me if you need if you need advice on what companies to go to. I don't know. That'd be fun though, bro. Yeah, I agree. All right, man. I'm sure all the kids are starting to wake up. Yeah, they're almost up. They'll be up soon. Well, anything else you got before I let you go here? No, that's good, bro. Appreciate you, man. Always pleasure talking to you. And uh, yeah, let's... Likewise, uh, man. Thank you for making the time. I know how busy you are. That's why at first I'm like, there's no way he's got time early this week to talk about this while it's hot. I'm like, oh, he's got time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. Now I get it. I'm about to go. We got practice this morning, so about to head out here soon and get ready to train. Awesome, man. Have a good day, and we'll talk soon. All right, bro. We'll see awesome, you soon. And that is it for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. If you did enjoy this episode of the podcast, be sure to leave a five-star rating review on Apple Podcasts, and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on more episodes. For more wrestling content, be sure to follow Bash Mania on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And follow me. I'm at JBash on Instagram and at JustinJBash on Twitter. I'll be back with another episode shortly. See ya. And the beat goes on.